Hi, this is Ellen. And this is Alex. And this is the Uniquely Portable Magic Book Podcast. Today we are talking about the third and final book of the Stephanie Garber Harleval series, aptly named Finale. And so just so you know, if you haven't read this book yet, there will be spoilers because we will be talking about the book in depth. So if that's a problem for you, please stop right here, go and read the book, and then come back and listen because we'd love to have you. Um, Just wanted to make sure that no one gets any spoilers, though. So just as a heads up. And there is so much to talk about. I have so many emotions, Alex. (laughs) That's quite all right. (laughs) Definitely acceptable when reading a book like this because there was... There was just a lot. There's a, a lot, lot. And a lot and a lot. Okay, so let's briefly talk about what it's about, and then we, we'll get in depth later. Yes. So, so, yeah, go ahead. We continue the story of the two sisters, Scarlett and Tella, but then you also get their two love triangles into the story Mm -hmm. so not only is it about the love of the two sisters and how that continues but also them finding their true loves Mm -hmm. as well as uh you know a ton of other shit happening (laughs) including the fates and the fallen star who created all the fates and and people trying to take over the throne it's just havoc there's so much Exactly. (laughs) Anything to add to that short description of the book, Ellen? No, I can't. Okay. (laughs) No, I think, no, I think it's very apt and succinct. Why can't I say succinct? Oh my goodness. Um, I don't know. Just talk about Yeah, no, I think that was a great way to, to describe it. Without going into the details that I'm sure we're going to be wanting to talk about in a little bit here. Um, but Alex, I want to ask you, who was your favorite character? So, this time around, I didn't really even have to think about it. Okay. Like, I asked myself that, and it was just such an immediate that Julian is, again, my favorite character of this book. Okay. And while I had a lot of reasons for him being my favorite character in the first book Mm -hmm. this was more just about like every time you see him you see how much he loves scarlet okay and what he does for her and how he treats her and just that seeing that love amidst the chaos of the rest of the book and some of the other characters not getting love from you know who they want to hear their potential partner and really just having that from him consistently I loved it okay Mm -hmm. yeah so he was definitely my favorite because of that um especially since they made they being Stephanie Garber (laughs) made love um such a key component of the book for sure so that's what I that was my favorite character this time okay. around. Okay. How about you? Um, I oh, I did have some some trouble with this. Surprise, surprise. Um, mm-hmm. 
My instinct, although actually listening to listening to you talk about your favorite, has maybe even shifted a little bit because my instinct was to say the sisters, and I know it's two different people, and it doesn't really count as one favorite character, but I just love them as characters so much uh-huh. um, that I was just you know I was just gonna make them both my favorite character. <clears throat> but well, listening- weren't they individually some of your possible probable favorite characters previously too yes yeah right so So like it doesn't hurt that I already really love them um but I think hmm, maybe I think legend might have been my favorite character really because I was just listening to you talk about it and then just everything like his character arc in this book specifically Mm. was just like, I was on the edge of my seat. I was, like, I couldn't stop reading, which, of course, is always not a great thing. Um, and then I was just, like, I I, I couldn't, like, tear my eyes away from his storyline. Like, I just, I was so invested in it, which is also not that unusual for me. But... <laughs> I, um, so I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to say legend and then very closely after that would probably be the sisters, but okay. uh, I think I'm going to say legend was my favorite character. That's fair. She I says would, very I uncertainly. Would like, <laughs> I would like to just say that while I agree his character was intriguing throughout, I just wish the character arc had occurred sooner. <laughs> But, oh. but that's the point that you have to like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to have to wait till the end of the book. <laughs> it wasn't the end. It was almost the end. Uh, <laughs> Still. Okay. So we done, we, we done, we done favorite characters. Um, tell me, did you have a favorite quote in this book? Yes, I did. Whoa. Favorite quote came early on for me. Okay. Um, it was when Paloma was with her daughters when they were like little girls. Okay, I wonder if it's I have it mu- I, I have multiple favorite quotes, so it would be nice if maybe this one was the same one and then I could knock one of them off my list. All right, let me read it and we can see. Yeah. If there had been a clock in the room, it would have stopped. Mm-hmm. Occasionally there are minutes that get extra seconds. Moments so precious, mm-hmm. the universe stretches to make additional room for them, and this was one of them. People don't get pauses like these very often. Some people never receive them at all. Yes. I love the concept of time stretching. Yeah, not stopping. Not time stopping. Exactly. Which, similarly, but the stretching of time and the way that she describes that. hmm Oh my gosh, it, like, it gave me goosebumps. I was, I just thought it, it was the coolest concept. Oh, absolutely. That was my, in my um, slightly embarrassing long list of <laughs> favorite quotes. That was my first one. Um, oh, we're on the same page. Yeah, no, I just, I, I, I reread that sentence like four times. Like, I, or sentences, that passage, I should say. Mm-hmm. Like, I just... I did. I I agree with everything you said about it. It just beautifully written, such a fascinating um, concept. Um, and, and 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 there's something like not like 
there's something romantic about that idea, you know, like that you or this person that you care about or these characters in this book are so important that time would stretch for them, you know, like uh-huh. I just, yeah, I totally love that too. Um, so then we'll say my, yeah, so please continue on your journey of favorite quotes. <laughs> and like, to be clear, like it's not, it's not the whole book cause it could, it certainly could have been, but like, <laughs> um, there's, there's a good number of them. So the next one was, um, shortly after that, she was, um, thinking about legend and it said, Tella's heart constricted. She'd never wanted to fall in love with anyone. And in that moment, she hated him for making her feel so many things for him. Um, and I just thought it was beautiful. And it happened to remind me of one of my favorite movies, which is 10 Things I Hate About You. Uh. Um, and that whole part at the end where she reads her poem and she's like, I hate this about you and I hate this about you. And then she, right at the end, she's like, but mostly I hate that I don't hate you not even a little bit and I was like I get that you know like (laughs) um so I thought that was beautiful um so so that was my sort of next favorite one um this next quote came at a point in time where I was out loud laughing with the book like I was so enchanted by this whole scenario so it's in the part where um Scarlet has just met the count and Julian has come with her because (laughs) because he can't let her just go meet the count by herself not that she would be in any danger that it would actually be improper. Right. Because we don't actually know if in this society, you know, like that would be improper right. or not. Just like we don't know if like arranged marriages are a, a thing or Or not. like how prevalent they are. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So like, <clears throat> so she meets the count, the count. He seems very wonderful. You know, he's kind. He, like I was... Like, the way she described him, I was picturing, like, Superman vibes, because she talked about him being, like, large and, like, with a curl of hair down his forehead, and, like, that's, like, the signature Superman look. And then she's like, he's got glasses. And I was like, okay, Clark Kent. Like, (laughs) I was totally picturing Superman, which is fine. I don't think that's exactly who she was going for, but it worked. Um, And so, you know, she meets him. Julian's there. They start having a pissing contest, basically. Right. And so she devises this plan mostly to get at Julian because she's so mad at him for inviting himself along on this <laughs> trip. And she's like, you're, you know, basically she says to them, you're going <clears> to, <throat> I'm going to do this thing that they used to do um, where you're going to basically compete for my hand in marriage. And... um this so this is where this quote comes in and so she tells them this idea and Julian starts by saying crimson don't make this a game and if he hadn't said that scarlet might have changed her mind she'd made the challenge mostly to shock them and to stop their ridiculous fighting but if she backed out now it would look as if she were doing it for julian and not for herself and she always felt as if she were caving in for julian and like I just thought this quote was so subtly important 
Mm-hmm. Um, because at first, like, you read over it and you're like, oh, that's, you know, he loves her. He doesn't want it to be a game. But in that moment, I I pictured, and it certainly could have been me just reading into it, I pictured her being a little, I mean, angry at him. Because when they met and when she fell in love with him... He was playing, I mean, he was also falling in love with her, but it he was playing a game with her. And so, ah, and so now. And so how dare he be angry? Exactly. But... How dare he be angry or worried or concerned or anything about that? Like when he was not exactly toying with her emotions, but he was definitely not honest when they first met and when they were first falling in love. And so, like, that little part really got to me. But then I always just, I always, I just loved that last line. And she always felt as if she were caving in for Julian. Like, it's so important, you know, I think for for people in relationships, but especially for, like, young girls, this is a young adult book, to to, to realize that that's not, what a relationship should be, right? It should never be one mm-hmm. it should never be one side of the relationship caving to the other side. It should always be people coming together and and compromise and and not to say that you can't do things for the other person or anything like that, but like it shouldn't be one-sided and it shouldn't feel one-sided, you know? So like I just thought that that was beautiful. Uh, I wish you could have told Tella that. <laughs> very early on in this book yes and then like hello your relationship is not supposed to be this one-sided yep hello 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 i know right (laughs) speaking of tella my next quote is about her um and it says uh tella had decided long ago to never make decisions ruled by fear fear was a poison that people mistook as protection um and again, I was, I just thought it was very poignant and very important, not just in the context of the story, but in the context of anybody's life. You know, it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. so easy to live life sort of on the easy path and, and to, to not do things because you're too scared. Um, and I just thought it was a nice little life nugget stuck into a, the story, you know? Absolutely, yeah. I I remember being struck by that quote, too. Um, especially since I know personally that I have been letting fear rule oh, absolutely. a lot more of my life than one that I recognized initially, and two, much more than I would want it to. Same here. That's what I meant yeah. by absolutely. Just as a quick side note, I didn't mean absolutely you've been letting fear rule your life. <laughs> just wanted to clarify um yeah absolutely it's it's when I say it's easy to fall into it's because I'm speaking from experience you know Mm -hmm. so I you know I definitely get that um and it just it really spoke to me in that little moment there um yeah so my next quote is oh my goodness I was just about to ask do we have more yes we have one (laughs) two three four five six more it's fine holy moly (laughs) I told you some of them are a little long, and mo- but a, a couple of them are just, like, one, two lines. It's really fast. We're almost done. I think we're halfway there. Okay. <laughs> we'll do... We can do kind of lightning round-esque. Yeah. It's real quick. It's great. So this next okay. part, um, this next quote, I mean, came after um, 
their mother was killed and Tella watched it happen. And so uh, immediately afterwards, she's found by Jax. But then shortly after that, she's reunited with her sister, with Julian, and with Legend. And so this quote comes sort of after she's been reunited with these other three characters. Um, And it's talking about um, Legend's reaction to hearing that her mother died. And it says, his fingers twitched as if he were tempted to reach for her. But for once, Tella was glad that he didn't attempt to touch her. Last night, Jax had held her together with touch. But Tella had the feeling that if Legend pulled her into his arms right now, she'd fall apart entirely. She could handle his glares and his barbed remarks, but his tenderness could upend her completely. Um, That really touched me, too. Yeah, like I just... We've... I feel like we've all been in situations where, and it, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, touch or a look or communication from a romantic person, but like, we've all been in a situation where there's that one person that we just know that if we look at them, talk to them, anything like that, it will just be sort of the end of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you'll just fall apart. Um so that was, I just, you know, I just really related to that part too. Um, my next quote was, um, much farther into the book. (laughs) So I had a lot of, I had a lot of favorite quotes from the beginning and a good number from sort of the end. And not that I didn't love the middle, but I think I was a little too wrapped up in the middle. (laughs) Uh, And, um, but you know, it's fine because I clearly have enough favorite quotes. (laughs) Um, so this is the part, um, where, um, Tella was taken to, um, Legend's, like, cliffside palace, and she's eavesdropping on Julian and Legend talking on the front porch. Uh And, um, Julian says this to Legend, and he says, Tella would have found another way. She didn't and doesn't need you to save her. She needs to save you. Um, and I just thought it was such an interesting turn on many stories that I've read in my lifetime about the the man saving the, the woman or the girl or the whatever. And, um, and I loved that it, it was mostly Julian, but I think Legend, too, sort of recognizing her own power and her own ability to, you know, be strong and save herself, you know, and then Julian pointing out that Legend needed to be saved because, you know, of course, in Legend's eyes, he's powerful, he's magical, he's immortal, he doesn't need to be saved. Uh-huh. Um, but we all know that that's definitely not true. <laughs> um, the next one comes when Scarlet um, um, has met what we find out to be is her true father, and he is trying to get her to become a fate like he is. We find out he's the fallen star. Mm-hmm. And um, we've, we found out throughout this whole book that, you know, love is sort of the, the weakness of all of these immortals. And, but that's so big in Scarlet's life. And so this is something that she was thinking about as she was considering becoming an immortal to stop her father. Um, and it says, but Scarlet knew that once she was an immortal, she would no longer be able to love. Love was such a fundamental part of what drove her. She didn't even know who she'd be without love. What if it made her like her father, who only wanted power? Um, and I just, like, love is such a huge part of my life, and it's how I try to live my life and lead my life. And um, so it just, that part really spoke to me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so this next quote, I'm going to try to get through without crying because it hit me so much harder than I thought it was going to. Oh, okay. I'm um, very intrigued. Right? What this is. So this is, it's not going to happen. I'm already tearing up. So <laughs> listeners, just so you know, I'm I'm very emotional. This will probably not be the last time you'll hear me get a little verklempt over the microphone here. Um, I just, it was so weird that it hit me so hard, but like, oh, it did. So this is, I'll just read the quote <laughs> and we'll just have to get through that first and then we can move forward. Then the fallen star died, and Scarlet, Scarlet, and Scarlet cried. She cried for the horrors he had been, and she cried for the wonders that he could have been instead. Mm-hmm. You doing okay over there? Yeah, and it was so weird when I got to that point because I was like. He's not necessarily a character that you are supposed to like. And I don't think I was crying. I don't think I was. And I don't think I'm crying for him now. Like, I think I'm crying for her. Mm-hmm. And and I think I think I'm crying for what he could have been instead. Like, Absolutely. you know, and like, oh, just the power in her words in that sentence. And I was like, What? Yeah, I'm but like that's, that's the mark of a really good author is the fact that you can get so emotional over essentially the villain of the book. Yeah, yeah. and still it, be sad and, for mm-hmm. his loss. And I think, and I think what was so, and I'm a sucker for a redemption, and he wasn't, he didn't get, like, a redemption arc, but, like, right there at the end, he shifted from the villain that he was into, I think, probably what could have been the first step into what he could have been. Mm-hmm. You know, and, like, it just, I don't, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I, <laughs> and clearly, am not over it yet. <laughs> Um, so I have two last ones. They're very short. This next one, um, Tella is being taken away from this party from, by Jax, who is in control of her emotions. And then Legend calls her name and she turns back to look at him. And this one line I reread, honestly, like 15 times. Like it just, just the, the description and it was so beautiful. And it just, the sentence is just, he looked like the ending of a doomed love story. Whoa, I don't remember that one. Oh, and I, like, the first time I read it, I literally, like, I, I went, oh, like, I just, <laughs> like, I could see it. Like, she goes on to describe that his clothes are disheveled and he's never disheveled and all of this stuff. But, like, I didn't even need that. Like, she could have just left it at that line because I knew exactly what she was, like, dark and brooding and I could uh, I just I reread it like 15 times and it was I don't know it just really got me um and then my last line of my favorites um was Tella thinking about um Jax I think uh now I'm second guessing myself uh, but it was just, she was the hero of her own story, and it was time to save herself from him. Mm. And, um, 
Maybe she was talking about legend, though. I can't say I remember exactly where that quote is, so I, I don't recall either. Um, oh, did I literally just open up to the exact right page? What magic is this? Hold on. Um, on the flip side, I didn't open to the right page, but I did. Okay. I did open to the. He looked like the ending of a doomed love story page. So, uh, okay. um, clearly that page means a lot to me. <laughs> um. I mean, either way, I don't know that it really matters. Yeah. Well, she's talking about she's talking about either Jax or she's talking about either Jax or Legend, whatever. But I just I just loved that you know it's that self empowered, mm-hmm. especially young girl realizing her own strength and knowing what she needs to do and take care of in the situation. Yeah. Um, wow, you found a lot of powerful quotes. <laughs> the end of my ridiculously long list of favorite quotes. <laughs> That's okay. It added a lot to our discussion and I think they were all really good ones to bring. So Alex, to I just our attention. I just have to know, do you have a favorite part? So, I had two favorite parts okay. this time around. Um, so, the first one is kind of this, like, continued scene. It's where Tella realizes that she wants Legend to make her immortal. Okay. And while I didn't like that she wanted that from him what one of the things I loved about the scene of her realizing that and then going to find him and finding him in his room and going into his room and watching him be asleep um, was one that she realized she had this like huge realization about love that love can sometimes be about sacrifice yeah and that I think it was something to the effect they said, like, you have to be willing to sacrifice your dreams for the dreams of the person you love, mm-hmm. um, which I found really powerful. And while I really struggled with this love story throughout the book, which we can talk about in a little bit, yeah, um, I still really found the way that Stephanie Barber described this realization to be beautiful. And then Tella goes and runs back to the house on the cliff to go find legend to tell him that, you know, she loves him and wants to be with him forever and ever. And that she wants to be made immortal. And, she's never been in his bedroom before and just the way that she goes in there and sees so much of him in the bedroom and then just the the way that you can see how she feels about him and how she describes looking at him sleeping yeah uh was just so beautiful like the description of his tattooed wings and then on top of all of that you get to see this mural of his in his bedroom his life 
Mm-hmm. And even though I didn't want to, her to be immortal and I didn't want her to not be with someone who didn't love her. Right. I, it was still such a moving scene for me yeah. that it it became my favorite, even yeah. even though I was like fighting against <laughs> them. I think that together. I think that I speaks even I more to the beauty of it. Yes, because yeah. I didn't want her to be with someone who only wanted her. Right. Like that's so that's settling for so much less. Right. Than anyone deserves. Yeah, that was definitely one of my favorites too. And the only thing I would add on to yours is that to what you were saying about it is that for me, not only was it all of those wonderful things, but when she looked at that mural and she saw him. And I think really for the first time, she really, truly saw legend at the heart of legend, right? It wasn't any, Uh, there was uh no pretenses. She saw his whole life story and she didn't run, you know, like she didn't change her mind. She didn't, you know, like, and how beautiful is that? Like, that's what, that's only, that's what any of us only wants, right? Is to find Uh someone who sees all of you and accepts all of you no matter what it holds you know mm-hmm. um yes way to get super deep on me there ellen well i mean i i always appreciate that you're welcome um <laughs> so should we move on to my second favorite part yeah i want to hear it okay and then we can go on to yours so this one is a lot shorter That's okay. and it's basically it's the end of the book okay um i love that tella was like hey like love seeing you sister in your um yeah, like your beautiful coronation dress yeah but peace i have to go write a letter to legend <laughs> and you're like wait what your sister's about to become the empress and you have to go write a letter to legend even though so far that we know you guys are on like speaking terms and he hasn't left or anything right and then i think even either julian or scarlet says to her he's here in the castle like why are you writing him a letter exactly (laughs) but then but then you get to see the letter yes that she wrote and you realize that it's such a great arc of the beginning of their love story of how she wrote him letters when she was younger and ended up falling the first time she fell in love with him was through these letters and then the end of their love story in these books Mm -hmm. is a letter that she writes to him saying you know take me on more adventures i'm ready to be with you well i think i think that i think the part for me is that so like Right when they were writing letters, Scarlet was the one who was in love with Legend, and she was in love with Caraval, Caraval, whatever. And and Tella was the one who was like, "I know that you're a sleazy slime bag, <laughs> but like, don't break my sister's heart. And if you could maybe help us, that would be great, you know." Like, and I just loved that. That was sort of. I just, I don't know. I just loved the the um I don't know I just loved the I also loved that part mm-hmm. um I do think 
I do think I have a favorite part. I was nervous because I didn't think I had one. Um, but I, I do. So um, it's sort of a good chunk of the last little bit of the book. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's it's the part that encompasses sort of from when Scarlet and the assassin go back in time um, uh-huh. to the point where Legend tells Tella he loves her. That whole... That's a big chunk. It is a big chunk, but there's... And so I I guess really it's maybe not one part, but if I think of it like this, we can count it as one part of the book. Okay. Um, I'll go with that. I loved that Tella got to... I'm sorry. Scarlet got to go back and truly see her mother for who she was. And she got to sort of get her, her closure because she had a really hard time. She didn't feel the same way about her mother that Tella did, right? And so she got to see her and she got to, um, I don't think it fully took away the pain of losing their mother for, for real this time and for good this time. Um, but I think it helped start healing and I think it started to help heal the wounds that were still there from when she left originally seven years ago, you know? So, like, I think it helped put her, you know, sort of on the path towards healing that part of herself. And then it also led into the part that hit me so strongly in this book, in that in that tiny little redemption moment for the fallen star. And... Um, you know, cause she comes back, she's dressed as her mom. She's trying to, she, cause she wants him to f- love her again so that she can, or that, so that Tella can kill him really. Um, and then she comes back, it's not working, but finally she gets that moment and he starts to change a little bit in, in thinking about her mother and in the regret that he feels for killing her and, and then Tella kills him, and then we get that beautiful line that we're not going to talk about again. <laughs> we we all know what it was. We talked about it a little bit ago. Um, <laughs> and then and then it so it switches from sort of Scarlet's point of view there, and then into so probably of this whole part, this is my truest favorite of this whole part. Um, but just this whole part was top notch in my book. Um, and so Jax is taking Tella from this party and in in um in this bargain that they made for him to help get her there so she can kill the fallen star he made her give him her emo- emotions and let her or let him control her emotions and he told her that he was going to control them for the rest of her life right and, and she that's something that I was just so amazed by, but at the same time I realized that I shouldn't have because that's who she is. Like, she'll give up mm-hmm. anything she has to yeah, absolutely. for the people that she loves, even if it means a terrible outcome for her. Right. And so, you know, she has agreed to this, and he has made her start hating Legend. And so they're running from the party. She only wants to be with Jax because of how he's fixing her emotions. And it's the part with the beautiful, he looked like the 
doomed, the ending of a doomed romance love story or whatever. He calls her name. She turns back, and even and even though this powerful fate is controlling her emotions, she can't leave legend behind. Like the, her own strength and her own emotions are too strong to let her fully be taken over by Jax. And then Legend does the thing that I had been hoping he was going to do through this whole book. And he tells her he loves her and that he will give up not his agelessness, but his immortality because he loves her. And I just lost it. And I, but I, this also comes into, and I think it can be a good segue into our next part of this book or of this of this episode about talking just about the book in general um, because this was also one of my notes um, because in this part the minute she lets go of Jax legend puts them into their own little um, reality right it's what he likes to do he likes to make a nice illusion for them to be in uh-huh. and in this beautiful illusion he tells her that he loves her and it's only her and I, and he says to her, this is my choice. I choose you, Donatella. I don't need immortality. You're my forever. And I wrote this note. And I only wrote the page number. And then I wrote terror. That's all I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> because I couldn't, I couldn't stop reading. Because I was horrified. Because not horrified. I was terrified. Because this whole time we found out that if you're immortal... You can die, but you'll come back. If you're, oh, so you think he's he was going to die? Yeah. So I, and then if you're ageless, you will you won't age, but you if you die, you're dead. And in this moment, I didn't know where Jax was, and I oh. was terrified because they're in this illusion, and it's the last page of the section of the book that's called the almost ending, and I was terrified that Jax was going to kill him because in that in that moment he stopped being immortal and he just became ageless and I like I was shaking I was crying I was had been so ready for this point but I didn't know where Jax was and I do not trust him one bit and I was there was so much terror in in my body about oh my gosh like, I was just, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. Uh, so, for me, I, I don't even, that maybe crossed my mind for a little bit. But one, I don't think I recognized that it was the end of the almost ending. I was just too caught up Yeah. in the moment. And, like, I was happy about it, but I also wasn't happy about it. Okay. Like, we're gonna, we're gonna have to take a step back and talk about, this love triangle too because I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about it that I just like I had to put the book down a couple of times because I was just getting too angry (gasps) okay I can't wait this was so this one because it's almost the end of the book this was my last note for the book so we can like so this will be our starting and we can like wrap around back to it so like so but yes it was just pure terror in my heart at that point in time so yeah, for Let's me, circle back to the beginning. 
of okay. the book. Well, can I, and then I guess we can end on how I felt about that ending. Yes. Okay. I love it. As long as we remember that that's what we're going to do. <laughs> we are. Ready? I'm going to, I'm going to write it down. Okay. Um, so circling back to the beginning of the book, um, Oh, so I actually, this was more like beginning-ish of the book. Sure. So you know how we were talking about how you have predictions and how I typically avoid predictions because I'm usually way off. Yes. So I just like don't even bother. Yes. Well, I think I had read like maybe like 20 some percentage of the book. Okay. In like a day or two. And then I had this middle of the night where I, like, literally woke up in the middle of the <gasps> night and had these thoughts. Yeah. And they were predictions. I want to hear because, them! Yeah, so I can't remember exactly where I had ended. Um, but it was before we knew, like, we knew that Legend and the Fallen Star had the same weakness, but we didn't know what, it was? what that weakness was yet. Okay. And so I literally like popped up in bed and was like, oh my God, is this, is their weakness, the women that they love? Ooh, okay. Of course I got it right. But the way that I thought that it would work was like, okay, so if they love some, if they love a woman, if that person dies, well then they die. Okay. Which is, was not how it worked, obviously. But like, close, like... Yeah, so I was really impressed with myself there on that one. Alex, look at um, you! I know, I know. And then I had another one. Okay. And I was on point about this one, too. I want to hear it! Um, because at this point, like, Scarlet had seen Julian's feelings as colors again. Mm-hmm. And then... She had also seen, I think, a couple of other people's colors as feelings. Yeah. But, like, she wasn't really realizing it yet. It was kind of just in the way that the author was describing things. Yeah. Like, you realized that that was happening. And so I, I was thinking, like, okay, how is this possible that she's now seeing all of these colored feelings? Right. And I was like, oh, my gosh, is Gabriel her father like is she magic here like what is what is happening and lo and behold I got it right I didn't think she was going to be a fate like I thought since she was you know her her father was a fate and her mother was human I thought you know she would be maybe some like kind of in between magical being I didn't see the whole like she'd be turning into a fate thing coming right but I got right that Gabriel was her actual father. So I was feeling pretty good about myself as I continued reading and found out that these predictions were accurate. I do have to say. I'm look at you. So that thought never crossed my mind. Like I, of course, when she started seeing other people's colors, uh, emotions and color, I was like, Oh, okay. So it is in fact an actual magic ability that she has. Um, like, we have talked about a little bit before, but, like, I, for sure, I didn't even think anything about a fate being her parent, you know, like, yeah, I was... The, I forget, uh, I realized that I forgot to say, like, why I thought that was possible is because, you know, 
the timing aligned with the fates waking up. Okay. And her magic waking up at the same time. Sure. So, so like, how did okay, you, so, so how did you know? Connection? Oh, of course. I was gonna say, so how did you pick Gabriel as her father? And then I was like, duh, because of probably the whole scene with him and her mom. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember if, yeah, I think that scene had happened, but also too that he had like created all the other fates right. or whatever. Right, sure. So. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. So I Look feel like I you. Could, you know, like pat myself on the back. So the only prediction that I had had sort of, in, and it was sort of in the last book that I had this. So right at the end of the last book, you know, Legend is claiming to be the heir. And I, you know, and I, part of my prediction was like, oh, that's actually true. Like he could be the, but, and I don't know if I said this when we talked on the podcast, but I know I said it to you when we talked over the phone that my other thought was that Paradise was the Empress's daughter. Mm-hmm. And so we get that nugget here at sort of close to the end of the book. And it certainly could be false, but I just have such a feeling and I had such a feeling in the first or sorry, in the second book um, just with the way that the Empress talked about her and um, that that it could be that Paradise Paloma was actually the lost heir. Um, and so I'd like to think that I was correct. <laughs> yes, so I definitely wanted to talk to you about this because we never find out who the actual lost heir is. Right. It's just implied that it's highly probable or maybe not even highly probable, but highly possible. Like, I would say there's, you're even less sure whether Paloma is the real lost heir or not. Right. Even though, you know, that's what they end up going with in the the true ending. Yeah. And also, as a quick side note, the people of this kingdom are very okay with people just showing up and being like, I'm the ruler now. And they they apparently are like, Okay. <laughs> like, I was... Sh- I was so shocked by that, too. <laughs> like, I had that thought multiple times in this book. Like, is no one else questioning any of this? <laughs> like, <laughs> why are they so okay with people just showing up and being like, I'm the heir, and they're like, seems legit. Like... <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. Okay, so... So your prediction was that Paradise was the lost heir. Or that she very well could be. Okay, yeah. After reading this book, do you think she legitimately is? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Um, Yes. Because, like I said, of the way that Elantine spoke about her, and the fact that when, even when Elantine was talking to Tella about her child, she never used, like, a gender, right? Everybody assumed that the lost heir was a man. Mm-hmm. But she was, like, even when she was talking about her child, she always said, I assume my child feels the same way about me. Like, she didn't say, my son, my daughter, my, you know, anything like that. Um, it's, because I think it was it was supposed to be left open-ended for us to believe that it was or could actually have been legend slash Dante. Um, but I think 
I think it was really left open-ended because it was supposed to be paradise. Mm-hmm. So I think yes. What do you think? I agree with all of your logic, yeah. and I also think yes. Plus, it's just, you know, it wraps it up with such a nice bow <laughs> to actually <laughs> believe that she's actually her lost heir. I know. Which, like, that never happens in books, but I'd like to believe it can. Yeah, so therefore absolutely. It <laughs> so, right? Exactly. I think, therefore, it is. Um, so, some things I noticed in this book that really helped solidify some of my thoughts that I was having in the other two um, was, again, of course, we've talked about Scarlet's colors, seeing emotions and colors. I have one note about, unlike the first book where I was trying to document as many of the colors as I could find, um, this one was just the one that stuck out to me, like, the most about Uh um, feelings that she was seeing. And I just loved the image of it. So it's a note, but it's also kind of a quote. So (laughs) see how I snuck that in there? Um, (laughs) um, And it said, Scarlet's feelings were a commotion of colors swirling around her in garlands of excited aquamarine, nervous marigold, and frustrated ginger snap. I had that written down, too. Yeah, I just... That was also my favorite instance of color description like I just loved not only the way she described it but those colors together like mm-hmm. aquamarine and marigold and then I'm picturing ginger snap kind of like a ginger snap cookie right so like a deep like burnt orangey red like I was mm-hmm. yeah I was I thought that was beautiful um and so, yeah, I, so I... I noticed the resurgence of her color seeing obviously Uh, But then I also noticed a resurgence in the chapters about Tella um, temperature. Like she, like, did you notice that after we had talked about it for the last book? I totally forgot about that, to be honest. What I noticed (laughs) with Tella more is taste and smell. Sure. Are two senses that she gets described or when you're with her character right. like the way that Stephanie Barber describes things. Yes, for sure. I totally un- agree with that too. But like touch is such a huge part of the stuff surrounding her, right? There's the whole part about Jax holding her together and a touch from legend would make her shatter apart. And I just, there was so much, um, gosh, there was just so much, there's so much temperature and like I was and the whole time I was hoping that maybe it would be explained and of course it wasn't and so of course it could just be like a different way to describe things around her that didn't involve color because it had you know that had to be used for Scarlet but I was like there's something about the temperature she's talking about icy limbs and and fiery touches and like I was like there's something here (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know what it is, but it's here. (laughs) Okay, well, I didn't notice that. That's okay. Um, I definitely continued to notice, obviously, like you did, the colors for sure and how they were um, beautifully described whenever talking about Scarlet. And then... She just continues to have, she being Stephanie Garber, just continues to have 
this beautiful, eloquent, eloquent, slightly different way of, you know, combining different senses and ways of looking at things that you wouldn't think of, like describing colors as things instead of the actual colors. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, when she describes Legend's beautiful back wing tattoos. Yeah. She describes them as soulless jet black with midnight blue veins, the color of lost wishes and fallen stardust. Yes. I just got chills when you read that. Or um, this was obviously in describing Tella because it has the sense of taste. Mm -hmm. Um, The air tasted candied. The world glittered, and the stars looked close enough to steal and place inside of her pockets. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I just, yes, I love how she writes. Like, it's so, like, fantastical and beautiful and lyrical and imaginative. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I love that that was something that continued throughout all three books yes and I haven't read I don't know if she has any other books or if these are her only three so far I Um, think they are but I also have not read them okay because I just didn't know if this was something that would continue in her other works or if it was unique to since this is a very colorful like magical series if that was unique or not right no I, I definitely agree on that um yeah. Oh, okay. So my next note um, is from page 46. And I think it's I think it's the first time that Scarlet starts realizing that she's seeing other people's emotions in color. And so my only note was proof. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep, it just says page 46. Proof. Um, <laughs> because it was, you know, her seeing... Um, think it's um it's either i think it's julian's emotions which she had seen briefly before Uh um but then not really again since then um so um let me just yeah so i just liked that we we had sort of been onto that you know that it was some sort of magic that she possessed and um we were right. I know. Look at us. We we did some good predicting here, <laughs> and we then really it's did. and then it's unique to her, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and then oh yeah, and then on this page, I just liked the the line that said Julian Julian couldn't see her colors, but Scarlet didn't want to reveal her feelings with other tells. Like, I just loved that it was just, it's so natural to her that she doesn't even second guess it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. so, I loved that. Um, I can talk about my next note, unless you want to talk about a note. Um, I'm trying to think. One of the things that I wanted to discuss... Yeah. Um... And I don't know that this this doesn't really follow chronologically or anything. That's okay. I like that we can hop back and forth. Okay. Um, was just Scarlet's two different fathers and 
just trying to figure out which one was worse because like they were both bad and terrible in different ways and like completely impacted her life significantly yeah in different ways and I don't know if you thought about that at all and compared them at all but I definitely did I think my only real thought was what a shitty hand she was dealt that she got (laughs) she got two shit dads Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I tried to compare them too much. Um, although yeah. actually kind of right at the end I did. Like when, um, so you were, you've been calling him Gabriel? Yeah. And I've been calling Gabriel? I, I call him Gabriel, but that's, I, whatever. Uh, it, who knows how you're supposed to pronounce yeah. it. So right when sort of Gabriel is really in the, in the midst of his, um, angst and and regret for killing Paradise. Um, I did have a brief thought then that it didn't seem like an emotion that we would have seen from Marcello. Oh, you know, like he yeah. doesn't he doesn't strike me as someone who regrets things. You know, um, but. Other than that, I don't think I really compared them too much. I was just sort of like, I was just sort of like, they're both shitty. <laughs> because I would have, I, until you said that, I would have said that Gabriel was, or Gabriel. Whoever. Anyone who knows Call him. me will know that I have a lot of trouble with pronunciation. Oh, I, I, you could be saying it right. I could be saying it wrong. I, I was just, it just made me think of, um. Back to Twilight and my very <laughs> I think we need to. T- I think we need to. I think we. <laughs> I think we need to share the the story with the world. Are you ready to share it? Can I share it? Please do. Okay. Oh, oh my gosh. Goodness. So, I don't remember how we started doing this, but we were sitting on my back porch at my house one day, and we were each taking turns reading parts of one of the books. I don't even remember. I think it was. Th- eclipse or breaking dawn but I don't remember which one and I don't know how we started doing this to each other but looking back like how adorable is it that we were reading a book to each other that we had both already read (laughs) um (laughs) and we're just adorable like that we are we're so cute um and you were reading and I was just sitting listening enjoying the day and then (laughs) all of a sudden you said carlizzle (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, I was like, well, I'm sorry, who? And you were like, Carlizzle, the dad. And I, <laughs> and I, clearly I lost it because I still can't like get through this story with, <laughs> without cracking up. And I was like, Alex, it's Carlisle. <laughs> like, Isle. Like, <laughs> and you, of course, immediately were like, oh, of course it is. Um, but to this day, we still to refer to him, to each other as Carlizzle. Um. Yep. Because that's the kind of reader I am. <laughs> I just, it's just. Apparently, phonetics is not my strong suit. That's okay, because it brings me such joy. And like I said, in this instance, in this instance, I don't know if they're, like, who, which one of us is right. Like, in that instance, I knew it wasn't Carlizzle. <laughs> 
one was pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah. This instance, I have no idea. It could be Gabriel. It could be Gabriel. Like, who knows? I I don't. I mm-hmm. um and maybe you know, call him whatever you want to. Call him yeah. butthead if you want. Um Ugh. Yeah, well <laughs> anyways, back to the current book yes discussion about the two fathers yes it was like initially i was like okay gabriel's obviously worse like he's burning her and putting a cage like on her head but then i was like no marcello because he would hurt someone else in her stead like he even killed someone else right because of what she did but then i was like well but gabriel does that too right like he like, if she didn't do anything, was hurting Esmeralda. Right. So, then I was like, I think Gabriel's just scarier because of the powers right. that he has versus Marcello was, while they were both manipulative, he was more manipulative. Yeah. In a way that can be more damaging as a child, I right. guess. Yeah, and I, and he was around when she was a child, you know. Yeah, like, so basically they both sucked. <laughs> right, exactly, <laughs> um, for sure. Um, yeah, like the, she doesn't win with either one of those as her. No. Um, and I, I guess I mean, really, the only way she could have won is if we could have seen what he could have been. Mm-hmm. You know. I agree. Um, yeah, but that's, it was not to be. It wasn't, but that's interesting. Yeah, because I didn't. I did not think much about trying to compare them, because um, I was just pretty much like, they both kind of suck. <laughs> just wrote them off, didn't want to think about them further. Yeah, I mean, they're they're not likable characters, for sure. No, um, Okay, so my next note is, jumping back to sort of the sort of the beginning, um, it's the part where Scarlet's about to leave to go meet Nicholas. And, um, <laughs> and Julian has showed up after five weeks of being gone. Oh, uh, yeah. Why and... are the boys in this so stupid? <laughs> and they just tried my patience. Because, <gasps> because no one's perfect, Alex. Everyone has issues that they need to work through. And not everybody works through them in the way that they should or can be expected to. (laughs) And your point is? (laughs) And my point is, how wonderfully frustrating is it to read that? Like, I just, it it is, it's truly frustrating, but it's, there's something a little, I would even venture so far as to say delicious about how frustrating it can be, you know? Um, Uh. (laughs) Alex is like, no. I hated it. Um, so this part that um, I made a note about, I just wrote page 61 with a good number of exclamation points. And then I just wrote snaps. So I, I changed from the last book where I would just write the page number because I realized how hard it was for me to exactly pinpoint what part of the page <laughs> had been so important. So I just wanted to like add a little note to each of these, right? So I had... <laughs> So I, so, you know, page 46, proof, page 61, snaps, you know, page 455, terror, like, um, I love it. I love um, it. Um, so this one was page 61 and they, again, of, 
the hardcover copy. I, you know, it could change depending on what copy of the book you have. Um, but I, or what version of the book you might have, you know, whether it's an ebook or anything like that. And um, it's after she has introduced the game, right? And Julian has said, you know, don't let this be a game, all of that stuff. And um, she says to him on this page, if you don't want to play, you don't have to, Scarlett said, but I think it will be fun. My mind is made up. And he, and then, and then, and then then Julian says, since when do you make up your mind so fast? Argued Julian. And since five weeks ago, her smile was an exclamation point. And I, (laughs) and I found, I know, I found myself sitting in my living room and I was like, yes. (laughs) So that's why I wrote snaps (laughs) because I out loud in my real life was like, yes. I was like, hold him accountable for that. He disappeared for five weeks and he didn't tell you where he was. And I was like, yes. Like, don't let him. Like, I love Julian. I was, I'm team Julian for Scarlet. Like, hardcore. But I'm also like, hold people accountable for shit. You know? <laughs> like, uh-huh. so I was so happy. And I just loved that. Um, And my next note was not too far after that. Okay. It was, it says page 67. Sassy. <laughs> um, But I think this time it was sassy Julian. Um, it's after they left, um, the Count's estate and they came across the family that was petrified and they read this letter from the, from Poison, who is one of the fates. And it's, you know, one, two, three, four, five. If the sun hasn't set, they should all still be alive. But once this day comes to an end, I'm afraid this family will all be dead. If you wish to stop them from turning to stone, whoever reads this must atone. Recall your lies and acts done out of fear. Then confess your latest misdeed out loud for all to hear. Poison. And then the first line after this is something that I would think to myself at the very least. (laughs) And And it was just sassy Julian, and I loved it. And he just says, it doesn't even rhyme properly, Julian grumbled. (laughs) (laughs) And I I was just like, I love that that was his first thought after (laughs) reading this, this note and finding this family of people who are turned to stone and who are actively basically dying as the sun gets closer to setting and his first thought is it doesn't even rhyme properly. Oh my goodness. I was like, I I feel that deep yeah. in my core. I was, I was like, I I would have the same thought. I would be like, that's mm-hmm. that's not even a proper rhyme. Oh my gosh, absolutely. That was great. Can we actually I want to go back for a second yeah. and talk about this competition. Yes. Um, because I think we have very different feelings. Yes. About we te- the fact I texted you about she, it. We texted yeah. about it. Yes. So I think we should share go for you first those feelings. So personally, I thought that the competition 
was super petty and childish and she just wanted two men fighting over her and it was just a stupid way to lash out at Julian Mm -hmm. and it was just going to end up hurting all of them in the end. Yeah. So I was like, no, this is dumb. I don't know why you're doing this. Yeah. Versus you were like, girl power, let's go, right? I was. And I was I was also a little bit like I think I think I was still a little bit mad at Julian. (laughs) So it's really funny. So like I um at first, when we were texting about this, I wasn't ready to recognize that it is a little petty, right? But, like, um, I'm okay with how petty, <laughs> how petty it was. Like, I was, um, I was very proud of her. I think it was also coming off the heels of, like, the whole part about you know, she's always caving in to Julian. And again, uh, I am firmly in Team Julian. And, like, I I didn't want her to choose anybody but Julian. But, like, I was ready for her. I also, I think, part of it was that I was ready for her to try to explore other options. Not because I wanted her to pick them, but because I wanted her to be more secure in her love for Julian. If that makes okay. any sense. Um, I mean, I guess that's fair. But then, but then I, as I kept reading, and after I found out what happened to Nicholas, oh, I gosh. was, I was, I was much more, I was much closer to your whole feeling about the competition. And, mm-hmm. and Scarlett was much closer to that whole feeling of, about the competition. You know, that's like she, true. you know, after she finds out what happened to him, which will tell you because that's what this thing is about right so the fallen star is looking for her and he knows about the count um and so he goes there looking for her and when he can't find her um he tortures nicholas and burns him alive and it's horrifying and heartbreaking he uses the information that he found from Nicholas to lure out Scarlet yeah. and kidnap her. Exactly. And it and it just so like in that point I was much closer to Ooh, that was very foolish of you to because I knew she was gonna end up even if they had continued with the game or the the <clears throat> charade or anything like that, like I knew I knew I was so firmly set and I knew she was going to pick Julian no matter what. Um, but I'm also kind of a sucker for a good love triangle. So like I was, I was also ready for that to be part of the story. Um, mm, in, yeah. Until he showed up dead and I was like, okay, that was, like, oh, shit. <laughs> that was, that was not the smartest move she could have made. <laughs> yeah. And in, in thinking about this competition. Yeah. I really, I really questioned myself because I really, I enjoy watching like all of the bachelor, (laughs) sure, bachelor, bachelorette, you know, everything in that world. I get sucked in so easily. So then who am I to judge about (laughs) this game that Scarlett has devised to have these two men, you know, vying for her when I'm totally okay watching the bachelor can i tell you i i have a theory about why it was so much harder for you 
Okay. Um, because of how much you love Julian. Uh... And I think, I, th- I could be very wrong here, but just from listening to you say this, I think maybe what it might have been part of for you was the, um, <clears throat> was the chance that he wouldn't be the one she chose. Mm-hmm. That's a very, mm, look at that insight you have into me. <laughs> like, whereas for me, even though they were having this competition, I was so secure in the fact that she was going to have picked him in the end, and it would just be sort of a fun distraction throughout the book, is what I thought was going to happen. Clearly, mm. that didn't really happen. Um, <clears throat> but, like, I had thought that it was going to be like a fun distraction and it was going to be sort of a way to keep the spirit of Caraval in this book, even though there wasn't a Caraval happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew I was, I was, there was zero doubt in my mind that Julian was going to be her end game. Um, but I wonder if you were a little less secure in the fact that Julian was going to be her end game. Oh yeah. I didn't know that for sure. So like I was desperately hoping but I had a lot of doubts. Yeah. So, that's that my that's my little thought there. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So then my next note, or unless you have a different anything else to say about the competition. No. Okay. I think I think we covered it. So my next note, um, is similar to one that I had in the second book about um, when Tella <laughs> was trying to be really snarky. And then she said to Legend, like, you should never wear a shirt or whatever. Um, <laughs> this one was a fun little um, revisit to that. Uh, it was on page 289 of the hardcover book. And I just wrote, ha <laughs> um, And it's when they've met, they've now met the priest, uh, priestess priestess. Um, which... I feel like it's like a very weird, like it took me because like sometimes they just call her the priestess, but like when they're calling her by her full total, like her full name, it's priestess priestess. And I was like, this is so weird. Yes, it is. I <laughs> um, thought that was very odd. But and so her power, right, is that if she asks you a question, you have to either answer it honestly or you die. <laughs> Um, which I was like, oh, that seems very high stakes. Um, but so, um, she sees Legend first and she says, um, aren't you a handsome one? She said to Legend in that same hypnotic voice. Oh, maybe she doesn't. Okay, whatever. So she sees Legend. She asks if he's handsome and he replied with an irresistible smile. Most people think so. And then she turns to Tella and says, do you think so? The entrancing woman turn back to Tella. Um, but as soon as she asked her question, all Tella could see were images of legend. She pictured him during Caraval when he'd waited for her in front of the Temple of the Stars with only a wide cloth wrapped around his lower half, revealing his glorious chest in all its sculpted <laughs> splendor. And then she says to Priestess, Priestess, you should see him without a shirt on. He's mag- <laughs> He's magnificent. <laughs> and then it says, Tella's mouth hung open as soon as the words were out. <laughs> Yep. And I just... That's so relatable. <laughs> right? Like, and I just loved that, like, that was her first thought when she was faced with this, like, you have to be honest or you you will die. And her first thought was, you should see him with his shirt off. 
And I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, that is so stinking cute. And I loved that it was a little flashback to to one of my favorite parts in the other one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that is so true. Let's see. <clears throat> um, oh, it's interesting. So here is my... My next note says 332. And then it says temperature. (laughs) So it's, oh, I was so mad at this book or at this book, at this part of the book. I, so I, in, in sort of the introduction of this love triangle in book two, firmly in team Dante legend, you know, you didn't find out he was legend until the end, but whatever. Um, And then so throughout this book, I really expected to basically stay in Team Legend. And I did, but I definitely had some moments of, I could, I could see myself being Team Jax. Like I could see this until this part. And then I wanted to hurl my book across the room. And I was so mad at him. And I was like, of course, I I was so mad so she gets this magical book she she puts Uh she puts her blood into this book and it changes and it tells her her life story and then she gets to like the table of contents and first of all i thought this was really cute like and the table of contents are things like the birth of donatella dragna donatella and scarlet's mother vanishes donatella's first kiss and then the other options were (laughs) donna's Donatella spends a week pretending she's a mermaid. (laughs) Donatella steals a goat and names him Cuddles. (laughs) This one was my favorite one. Donna steals all her sister's underclothes. Like, I wanted to know... I wanted to know the background to all of these. Like, I wanted wanted to read this book. I wanted to read her life. Why did she spend a week pretending... I mean, why wouldn't you spend a week pretending you're a mermaid? But then I was like... Why cuddles? Where did she get the goat? Where, like, how did she get the idea to steal the goat? And then, but really, I was like, why did she steal all of her sister's underwear? Like, what? Because clearly it had to have stemmed from a fight, right? Like, (laughs) but like, I just wanted to know. And then it was like, Donatella writes her first letter to legend. And then the last line is Donatella marries the Prince of Hearts. And at first I thought it was like a prediction, like for in the future. And so then I, so then I was like, and I got so excited. I, and I was a little bit like, oh, bummer. But okay, I'm a, I'm a little okay with it. And then she finds out that it already happened. And I wanted to scream. I was so mad at him. And so it re- and so then it she it gives you the page that she reads. And this was where I wrote temperature. <laughs> so here's what the page says. If in the in this magical book, if her heart had not been so heavy with grief and pain, Donatella would have known better than to trust the Prince of Hearts. If she'd not been burning with despair, she would have realized the danger in repeating magical words as her blood mingled with his. If she'd not just watched her mother die, she would have known that the Prince of Hearts was not taking her grief away because he cared. The Prince of Hearts did not know how to care. He only knew how to take what he wanted, and he wanted Donatella Dragna. But poor Donatella was too grief-stricken to see it. When he told her to speak, she repeated his words, creating an immortal bond that would forever tie their souls together in eternal matrimony. And I 
wanted to scream. I was furious at him. <laughs> and I and then I was very firmly never again in team legend. <laughs> yeah, I So for me, I have a lot of thoughts about I want to hear them. This love triangle and I was so frustrated by it. But yes, similarly this marriage made me so angry at Jax that I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that. And, and it changed how I saw their entire love story and interactions because then you find out that this marriage made both of them feel things toward each other that they wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. have felt otherwise. Yep. And so you realize that while maybe the feelings are true, they wouldn't have been true. Like she wouldn't have cared as much about Jax if she hadn't had this blood marriage to him. Yes. And so then that just like completely turned the tables on me. Um, Especially since I thought like what I really wanted to happen was I wanted Jax to give up his immortality for Tella and become human and love her. That's like, that was my end goal of what I wanted to occur, especially when Legend kept letting her down over and over and over and over again and Mm -hmm. explicitly stating, I will not love you. I want you. I only want you. I don't love you. Yeah. Even though, even though Jax also let her down multiple times, which is where I wanted to just, give up on reading the book because both of them let me down so many times. I just really, I just wanted one of them to love her and I really wanted it to be Jax initially. And just because I think part of, part of the reason I wanted that is because you knew that while Tala felt things for Jax, she loved legend Mm -hmm. and legend blatantly said, I don't love you. So then I wanted her to, like, you know, come to terms with that and try to discover her feelings for Jax and explore those and fall in love with him. And then I thought he would be more susceptible to, because he acted more caring, even though you find out that that was due to the fact that they were blood married, that that's why he was acting more caring at times. And that he was acting. Yes. Yeah. Um, I thought he was starting to change for her got it and would have become human uh so that's so interesting that you say that because I had sort of mirrored feelings about that but flipped around ah okay um so because I um the whole time I was like I just want legend to tell her he loves her and become ageless you know like I want him to to leave it behind for her and but it was so interesting about so as I was listening to you say all of those things the big thing that struck me is that legend didn't lie to her right he said multiple times I can't love you I don't love you yes but then he still would try to manipulate her true but like 
he was he was honest about his manipulating. <laughs> yeah, whereas the thing is, is I had thought that Jax was the right. more honest one. And I think maybe he was initially, um, because a lot, I think in the second book, a right. lot of Legends lies were... For I mean, sure. that's part of it, too, is they almost, like, flip-flop in this book yeah. in terms of who was lying more and who wasn't for you sure don't realize that initially. until this part yeah yeah absolutely and I, yeah and I think for me like initially I became more on the side of team legend because you can tell that like Tella actually really loves him versus yeah. she's unsure about what she feels for Jax right um but then the fact that he just continually tells her no like you're not important enough to love like I'm not turning human for you like you're not important enough yeah even though he says he wants her and he makes her seem important like because he just continually does that then it kind of just beat me down enough okay that I was like okay let's like Jax please like yeah. come and save the day um but then at the same time, oh my gosh, I just completely forgot my thought, and it was a really big one, too. Oh, no. No, it has to do with one of the big things about this love triangle that I can't, I couldn't stand, and now I'm blanking on it. Oh, no. And this always happens to me. So, let me, so let oh, me just. Oh, I remember. Yes, go. Woohoo. <laughs> okay, so, one of the things that really just frustrated me so much that I wanted to just be like, stop! <laughs> um, which I did multiple times. I did stop reading multiple times. Um, was that Hella could recognize and remember that immortals can't love and that they only see the objects of their love through obsession and as a possession, etc. Right? Right. But she can only remember and recognize that in terms of Jax. Right. She just, like, completely disregards that anytime she's around Legend. I think it's because it was less important around Legend. Well, I mean, also, she was in love with him. But I was like, girl, stop this. You have to remember <laughs> that you are his obsession. He does not love you. Stop loving him. Like, I wanted to shake her yeah. but so I see, many times see because the thing is, she would just fall back into, like, oh, well, maybe it's enough. No, it's not enough. Oh, well, maybe it's enough because <laughs> I love him. No, it's not enough. And I just kept getting dragged around by her feelings, <laughs> and it was just, it was a tornado. And it was rough. Um, see, so that's interesting because um, that makes me think, think of something that I did kind of think in the book too um that I I think the reason he said that so many times to her I don't love you I can't love you um is because he did love her and he was scared and he thought if he could push her away she wouldn't push him away you know and so if he could get her and I think you know a lot of it is sort of that self-deprecating, I'm not good enough for her. So if I can get her to find someone who is good enough for her. Oh, see, I I don't see Legend having those feelings at oh, all. Oh, I do. 
himself. Oh, he, he, he thinks... wants her. He gets her. I could see, I could see him being scared of his love for her, yeah. and that he doesn't want to give up his powers or his immortality. So he's trying to find a way to keep her without having to fully love her or to express those yeah. feelings. So she doesn't know that. Like I can see that. So I think I, I think he the can... self-deprecating. Oh, I can I can see. I think he's better for <laughs> no. He he wanted her. He went after her. Oh, for and sure. Pursued her and didn't think she deserved someone else. Um, I think that those live right next to each other. I think they're both happening inside of him because um, of the instances where he walks away from her or he lets her walk away from him. Mm, Um, Okay. So I think, like most human beings, (laughs) he is a bundle of warring emotions. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that, yes, overall, he does want her. It's very clear he is obsessed with her and wants her to be with him and he offers to make her immortal and all of these things. Um, but I think that also lives with, I'm not good enough for her. Maybe if she walks away, then I won't have to feel this way anymore, but it won't be my choice and I can still be obsessed with, you know, because he walks away, of course, in the sort of end of the second book, um, he walks away at one point in this book, but the biggest part that struck me is why... Um, right before he is killed by the murdered queen or the murdered king and the dead queen, undead queen. Mm-hmm. And he, um, it's before they're even there. And there's she and um, that Tella and him are having an argument in the center of the maze. And at the, when she first walked through, he had closed off the maze to her, right? Because they were, it was romantic and they're close to each other and immediately like, um, I don't even remember what exactly happens, but she gets mad at him and is like, I'm leaving. And he, he opens, he opens the maze back up to her. Like very easily he could have kept it closed and she would have been stuck with him and he could have continued talking to her and weaseling his, you know, trying to weasel his way into her heart and pursue that obsession. But he gave her the ability to walk away. Mm. Like, and so I think that they can live with each other and be happening at the exact same time. <laughs> yeah. You okay. know? All right. Okay, maybe you're talking me around to your side. <laughs> you're like, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but actually, one of your favorite quotes was something that really stood out to me about the relationships that she had with Jax and Legend. Okay. About how, because you liked the quote where it talked about how she, like, found strength in Jax's arms, but then if she went to Legend, she thought she would fall apart. Sure, yeah. And, like, how you loved that because it's just so, you found it very relatable in, like, there being that person that, you know, if you look at them or touch them or whatever, like, and you're struggling that you will fall apart with them. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't decide what was better. And I don't know that there is a better because you do want someone who can provide you strength when you need it. But you also need that person who you can just fall apart with. Yeah. And it'll be okay. Yeah. 
Um, and so having those two different ways of dealing with, you know, tragedy from the two men that she's in this love triangle with, I thought was very interesting because I guess technically you want both of those qualities right from someone. Yeah. Um, but that made me think like a little bit that maybe legend was more where she belonged right. at that point. That's where I kind of... And, was, of course, we find out that the strength very, that she gets is from this marriage bond that he right. forced like, on her. We didn't, we didn't know that initially. Right. And I didn't know that he was... I mean, we should have known, based on everything, like, that should not have been a surprise. Oh, but right. But it was a huge But the beauty of these I, books is that it was a surprise. start to really like Jax, you know? Like, yeah. I'm super team Jax in the second book. And then this third book basically just ruined that and it crumbled to the ground yeah and yeah legend wormed his way in (laughs) a couple of times and that was one of those instances that quote that you really liked yeah um but then you know as i explained before he kept and it but it really shows away by him and i think it really shows what you know what i love about love (laughs) is that there are so many facets to it, right? There's, you know, familial love, there's friend love, there's romantic love, there's, you know, and and, and even within all of those, there are so many facets to it. And what I love about that quote is that it really shows how love, um, how vulnerable love can make you and how it's not a bad thing. Uh You know, um, and certainly it's, you know, like you said, there's certainly instances where you might need the strength more than you need that vulnerability. Um, But I feel like that's such an integral part of what love is, you know, is that um, that fragility, you know, and that um, tenderness, you know, and so that. I think is also part of the reason why that quote really just spoke to me because of course love can make you so strong and, um, and that's, you know, but when I think about love and when I think about love poems and love, you know, it's, it's always sort of that more tender, intimate side of love that really like, Mm -hmm. at least for me hits home, you know? Um, speaking of love, one of my next notes here. (laughs) Um, says 344 love (laughs) Um, and this is the part right before your favorite part um, actually it's the part where she's where Tella um, is realizing just how much she loves legend and I just thought it was such a beautiful description of some of the different facets that we have in love um, so, um, I'm, I'm going to read this real fast. Okay. <laughs> Even before she'd known him, she'd fallen in love with the boy who'd had the passion to make his one wish come true and the audacity to call himself legend. When she'd fallen in love with him again, no, sorry. Then she'd fallen in love with him again when she'd met him. She'd loved him as Dante, but she loved him even more as legend. Dante had helped her forget that 
But legend had taught her how to dream again, and she loved all the dazzling dreams they shared and the exquisite lies he told with his illusions. But she loved the imperfect truth of him just as much. She loved how protective he was and how playful he could be. She loved the boy who'd called her an angel and a devil in the same conversation. She loved the way he teased her, and she didn't want him to ever stop. She wanted to hear the rest of his stories and to become a part of those stories. But more than any of those things, she wanted to forever be by his side whether he was with her as she was fighting a nightmare or chasing a dream or if it was the other way around and she was helping him achieve a new dream even if that meant sacrificing one of her dreams maybe that was love all this time she'd wanted him to love her and she'd hurt knowing that he hadn't but maybe she hadn't really been loving him she hadn't chosen him She'd fought, I'm sorry, she'd, she'd chosen him, she'd fought for him, she'd felt for him, but she hadn't been willing to sacrifice what she wanted for him. And then I just thought that that whole, like, I loved the whole description of how her love had changed, how uh-huh. she, and, and, and I loved that it was, she was, it, and it's the step before she sees his story on the wall, but it was just, she saw every facet of him and and knew and and just I just loved the description of it and I just I don't know I just it was just so beautiful yeah so that actually is the beginning of yeah my favorite scene like yeah. you reading that entirety like that was you literally started exactly where that favorite part starts for yeah. me too. So I was like, as soon as you started reading, I was like, yeah, I love this part. <laughs> yeah, this is so it, good. it just. But it actually kind of ties into another description of love that I really loved. Mm-hmm. Um, that is when Tella confronts Jax after she realizes that they're married yes. and they're fighting over it and he's like okay well then undo it um and first of all like I had just absolutely been so mad at him right but at the same time I still felt so sad for him because you could just see his pain yeah when she um finally decided to like sever their marriage and also when um when he was like I want you to be my true love but you love him you know that broke my heart but anyways within that scene there's this section of how Tella is like oh wait a minute I'm completely in the wrong section <laughs> I, for a second, I thought you were saying that that's what Tella said, and I was like, I don't remember that part at all. <laughs> no, so okay, well, I loved that scene in that, like, he fully showed himself and was like, "I wish you were my true love," but you could just see him so heartbroken. Yeah, like even though he didn't actually love her because he would have been human if he but imagine that existence like oh it's awful it's so awful and i thought this is where that quote was from 
But just kidding, it's not. <laughs> this quote is from when earlier when Legend is trying to convince Tella to become immortal. Right. And so this was way before my favorite scene where she finally decides that she wants to be immortal. And this is one of the instances where she's like, no, I don't want to be immortal. And he's like, well, you'll feel differently if you let me change you. And this is what she says in response. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to feel differently. I want to feel love in its every form. Mm -hmm. I used to be so scared of it. But now I think love is another type of magic. It makes everything brighter. It makes people who have it stronger. It breaks rules that are supposed to that aren't supposed to exist, it's infinitely valuable. I can't imagine my life without it. And if you felt any love in your heart, you would understand. Mm -hmm. And that I just thought was, first of all, really beautiful. But second of all, definitely the part of, like, I used to be so scared of it. I can understand, like, her being scared of, like, the vulnerability that it then opens up in you. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Um, so it's just like, wow, that is such a, like, telling, transformative, growing moment where she realizes that she doesn't need to be scared of love due to the vulnerability and it. it actually gives you strength. Yeah, absolutely. When you are. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Oh, yes. And I, um, one last note about this page, um, is I liked, I loved that this was showing that love sometimes means sacrifice, you know, and sometimes you have to, sometimes you're the person making the sacrifice first and you have to make that leap of faith. Mm -hmm. Um, and at this point I was also a little, I mean, I loved this whole scene. You clearly loved this whole scene. Like, um, but it, it did make me a little nervous that she was willing to make this huge sacrifice for him. And oh, yes, because of the whole, you know, love shouldn't be one-sided. Exactly. Thing that we discussed earlier. And so it also made the part where he finally was like, I, you know, I want you, I love you, all of that. I was like, yes, he met her in the middle. She was willing to give up her love for him, and he was willing to give up his immortality for her and I just that was sort of the culmination right of their love story is mm-hmm. that they were both willing to give up these things that were so integral to them and so important to them for each other you know and I just I was it was just mm-hmm. it was just beautiful and so I liked this side of it and it sort of mirrors the other side that I um loved as well um my next note is one that we already talked about which was my um, prediction about paradise being the lost air. It was just yes. page 384 was when it was announced. And <laughs> I just, it just brings me back to the, these people are so willing to be like, okay. Cause it I... just, <laughs> he, you know, he's like, um, history knows paradise is a, th- um, this is Gabriel, Gabriel talking. History knows paradise as a thief and a criminal, but I know her, knew her as my wife. Which is not true. I don't... They never actually got married. No, they didn't. Um, But, you know, whatever. 
Uh, Gabriel closes his eyes and wrinkled his brow in a show of manufactured sorrow. She's the reason I returned to Valenda. I wish I could say that I came to save you all from the villains who killed your last would-be emperor, but I was on my way here before then. I traveled here from halfway around the world as soon as I heard a rogue by the name of Dante Tiago Alejandro Marrero Santos was to be crowned emperor. I knew I had to stop him. He was not Elentine's lost child. My wife, Paradise the Lost, was. And then immediately afterwards, mouths all over the courtyard opened in sighs and ahs. Everyone was... <laughs> so freaking gullible. Everyone was eager to believe him, although he had no real evidence. Like, I was... <laughs> I was like, thank you. Why are all of these people like, Okay. <laughs> Right? Like, I'll trust you. Sure, that sounds good. I was like, oh my gosh. But then that was the point where I was like, I I was like, was I right? (laughs) Um, About. Right? Doesn't that, that part definitely made me question, though, whether she was the lost heir, because then it seemed like just another fabricated story. Which, I mean, part of it was, obviously. Like, yeah. they hadn't been married, and he hadn't traveled across the world to come because of her right. being lost heir. So then that was one of the things that made me a little less sure of your right. prediction that she could actually be the lost but heir. But as we know, or we should know, or could know, is that sometimes the best lies have an aspect of truth to them. Yes. You know, so that was part of my thing was like, okay, so most of that was a lie, but this one could be like, that could be the nugget of truth that makes the rest of the lie more believable, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so I was like, (laughs) thank you for, for bringing notice to the fact that all of these people are like, seems legit. Um, (laughs) um, oh my goodness. That's hilarious. Um, yeah. So then my, this is my last note. My Well, it, technically it's my second to last, but we've talked about my last note already. Um, oh my gosh. Okay. And then, then I'll bring up yeah. uh, mine because I think my last note is, again, more chronologically later. So that's bring wonderful. It, bring it on. So my, 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 la- my, sec- my second to last um, is page, it says page 453. Aha. <laughs> Um, and I think I should clarify to people that I was reading this. I have read all of these books in one sitting. Um, this last book I happened to finish at 2.30 this morning. Um, so I think my notes were also getting increasingly, uh, tired as well as anxious and nervous. Um, so I don't really know why I wrote aha. Um. (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, so let's see. Um, let's see. Um, so this is, they're leaving the, um, they're leaving, they've left the party. Legend has showed up, shown up, I should say. Um, looking like the ending of a doomed love story. Do you like how I keep slipping that in here? Like, I just, um, I just, oh God, I just love it. How many times can we repeat it throughout this, casually throughout this Um, episode? It just, it's just a stunning sentence. Um, I guess you could probably say that that might be my favorite line, but, you know, 
<laughs> we've been we've been there. We talked about that. Um, and so it sort of starts on four fifty two. Um, you know, she's sort of struggling with the feelings that Jax is making her feel versus these feelings that are so strong for Legend that are bubbling up even though they're not supposed to be. Um, and he and Legend is like, I know you think you want him, but he's controlling your feelings. Legend said, said his voice growing lower and deeper with every word. You have to fight against it. You're just jealous. You don't want me, but you don't want anyone else to have me. She tried to shove against his chest to push him away at last. Please stop torturing me. Just let me go. <laughs> the edge of Legend's mouth slowly lifted. You're the one holding on to me, Tella. No. Ah, hence your aha. I don't know, because that's only on page 452. So, like, I haven't... And so, (laughs) she goes, no, I... And then she looked down to see her fingers gripping his frayed shirt. And so, like, that part, I was like, oh, my gosh. But then on page... So then he's like, I'm not jealous of Jax. I know your feelings for him aren't real. And you're wrong if you think I don't want you. I've wanted you for so long, I'll never stop wanting you. That's on page 452. And then, on page 453, she starts talking here... His palms heated and the hand on her shoulder slid to her neck and into her hair, tilting her face up, forcing her to look into his eyes. They were Ah, the temperature. Mm-hmm. But it's also this. <laughs> they were still glassy and dark with flecks of gold that looked like shattered stars, and she told herself she hated them. Jack's eyes were be- Jack's eyes <laughs> were beautiful. Jax's eyes were the ones she adored, but Legend's eyes had captured hers, and she couldn't stop staring into them. She told herself her eyes were just another illusion, the same as all the feelings that were threatening to take her over. She shut her eyes, but it didn't help. It only made her more aware of Legend's deep voice as he said, I'm sorry I left you that night. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have hurt you, and I shouldn't have gotten scared and run away when I realized that I was falling in love with you. And that's why I wrote, aha. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. um, because it was sort of the culmination of, that's why he said it to her so many times. He was scared of loving yeah. her. And he was scared of the fact that he was already loving her. And he was trying to make it not the case. Uh-huh. Um, so that's why I wrote, aha. <laughs> um. And, and then, of course, my last note was 4.55. Terror! <laughs> oh, my goodness. But we already okay, talked well, about we, that. We, before we get back to terror, because that's how we're going to tie this all back together. Yes. Uh, though I don't remember how. I just remember that we're supposed to. <laughs> I wrote a note. I said, I said, end with Alex's feelings on the ending. <laughs> Great. That's super helpful. Um, but one thing I did wanted to bring up that I was like kind of confused about yeah. was how Scarlet didn't end up turning into a fate because technically she used her powers and wasn't using her powers. Then she was supposed to turn into a fate if she did that. She and didn't. She, did she didn't. Her powers. She didn't finish using them. But the thing is, is she did. She took. She turned his feelings and then. But she, she gave them back, which she, is also using her power. But she stopped before she completely took away his emotions. I still thought it was she. I think it's shaky ground for sure. Because um, yes, she was using her powers, but I think that's the key: is that she didn't fully take his his um, emotions away. Um, yeah, but the whole thing is manipulation. Manipulation is a very succinct. You know, like, yeah. 
she had already manipulated his emotions. But she also ripped them all out, which is different, and both of them were still using her powers. So therefore, she should have turned into a fate. Actually, I know exactly why she didn't turn into a fate. Because she still loved, and that was exactly. more powerful. Exactly. Oh, fine. I guess I... <laughs> well, but it never... Yeah, I just... I think she should have been a fate, but somehow broken the love aspect of that at the same time. Mm. Um, but then I guess she wouldn't be a fate due to... I think there's a, I think there's a good chance that she's I think there's a good chance that she's ageless now though, because um, uh, I think there's a good I think there's a good chance that probably what could have happened is that she did in fact turn into a fate, but her love was so strong that it almost immediately like retroactive like right like it, it occurred exactly so I think it there's a good chance that maybe she did compl- you know because she did use her powers and so I think she became a fate and then immediately mm-hmm. be- became ageless, right? Like, she... Yeah. Um, That's... Okay. I can see that. Yeah. I don't think... I did not even think about her becoming ageless. Like, that, to me, was not a stepping stone to immortality. Um, but that's an interesting idea. It's not a stepping stone to immortality. It's a stepping stone back from it, though. Oh. Uh. Okay. And of course, I I like to think that she became ageless because Julian is ageless, and I love the idea of them all just living happily ever after forever oh, and ever and ever. She's not. Oh, but she's going to go play games with Legend, and Legend, all of his performers become ageless when they join his... Oh, I did not put that together. Yeah, I think... I, I am choosing to believe that in the end of this book, they are all ageless and they're going to live happily ever after forever and ever and ever and forever and ever and ever. Okay. I like that ending. I'll use that ending too. That can be the true ending. Yeah. That's Ellen's not, true ending. I did, not see, I did not equate the let's go play and have adventures to that I'm going to be part of your like car of all game, which means I'm going to be ageless. I did not connect those dots but now that you connected them for me i will accept them (laughs) got it got it perfect (laughs) i like it so what was your what was your last note um well that was my last note was about scarlet got it so however i have collected my thoughts in regards to your terror note Um, okay (laughs) so to wrap up this episode we started off our um, more open-ended discussion section of our episode with talking about Ellen's terror note where you um, were terrified of the fact that Legend had finally proclaimed his love because you had, Jax was somewhere nearby. I didn't know where Jax Legend's was. Illusion Jack, you didn't know where he was and you were terrified that he was going to kill legend yes. now that he was no longer immortal right um whereas for me i hadn't thought about that at all like i was like Jax isn't even there anymore it's just <laughs> legend and tella and he's finally told her he loves her and literally my reaction was it's about damn time like i don't even know if i like the fact that he said that he loves her because I wanted this to happen so long ago. <laughs> like, I wanted someone to love her so long ago that, like, now that it's happened, 
like one it was it was two things like it was great and magical and amazing and you're just like yes but then the other part of me was like wow this is such a letdown like because he's I had felt that he had let her down so many times before that then him finally telling her this I was like this should have happened like 200 pages ago like man that's so funny yeah no I was um horrified I guess actually I do have one last note before we say goodbye okay I guess I guess I can allow that (laughs) oh thank you Mm -hmm. um so this book is called finale and the last chapter was called encore which I thought was adorable um, or the last part was called called Encore. But I was very struck by the fact that this did not feel like a finale. Oh. Like, it just, because, like, it just, like, in, in so many ways it did feel like a finale, but, like, I just, there was enough in there that I was struck with the fact that and maybe this was just sort of with how it was written, but it just felt like there was some space for something more. Interesting, because I think it, you know, dotted all the I's, crossed all the T's, tied everything up in a bow. <laughs> it could have also very well like been just like wishful pretty... thinking, because I don't want it to be over. Uh, uh. I just, I don't know, it just didn't quite... I just... I think it's a very real possibility that it could have just been, you know, (laughs) me not wanting it to have been done. Um, But it just didn't, I don't know. It just, it it mentions all of the fates moving up to the the Northern territories or whatever. Um, I still don't know where Jax is. (laughs) That makes me very nervous. Um, (laughs) Like I just, um, I don't know. I just, and then of course, like I, I would definitely be here. Oh, no. I know why it didn't feel like a finale. I'm so sorry. I have to say, it didn't feel like a finale. I, I didn't realize that this was going to add <laughs> this much time to our story, but we have to talk about this, Alex. Her, da- her daughter. It didn't, <gasps> it didn't feel like a finale. That's why. Alex! <laughs> Oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that. I did too. There's so many. She has a daughter and that before her 17th birthday. She has to find out what her her weakness is. Oh no. So is there going to be. That's why it didn't feel like a finale. What's going to happen is there's going to be a new series based on her daughter's perspective. Right. And her daughter's life. I, that's, oh my gosh. Yes, that's why it didn't. I just have a feeling that it's going to break our hearts again because it's not going to come from Tella's perspective and this poor daughter isn't going to understand what Tella <laughs> did just like how Tella's heart broke right. when she saw but what I just, was doing I but that's, that's why my prediction that's why it didn't feel like a finale series is going to be yeah like if there is even gonna be a next series like I'll be very yeah. sad if there's not but that's why it didn't feel like a finale because there's this whole time t- uh thread of the story that she goes to the marketplace she has to get this secret on how to maybe just you know kill the fallen star and in order to get the secret she has to 
promise that she's going to, for this daughter that she's going to have in the future, she has, this daughter will be powerful and she will have to figure out what the daughter's weakness is before her 17th birthday and bring it to these sisters um, or she'll die. And like, that's not something, <gasps> that's not something that you just drop into a story and then are like, bye. And, and don't have it there for a reason. <laughs> right. And especially, I, and I should say, I, I, I mean, it's certainly possible that it would just be dropped in there for no reason, but it doesn't seem like something that Stephanie would do to us. Um, because of how intricate her stories are, I, mm-hmm. I, I just have this feeling that nothing is in these stories without a reason. Right. You know? And so that's why it didn't feel... I mean, for other reasons, too, it didn't feel like a finale. I don't know what Jax is doing. Does Jax have something to do with the daughter? What are the other fates doing? I want to know about these games that Tella and Legend are going to play together. I want to know about Scarlet's reign. I want to know about everybody, but I want... I need to know about this daughter. And that's why it didn't Mm. feel like a finale. Okay. And that's... I, I, well, I, for some reason, completely forgot about that. I did too. I think it's because there's so many different threads in this, in this book. Like there are so many threads to tie together and to keep track of. And, and yeah, I had completely forgotten about it. Clearly until just now. Um, So I'm interested to see sort of what, um, what might happen. Mm-hmm. Um, anything think, else you want to add? I don't think so. Okay. Well, uh, for those of you listening, join us next week and we are going to do like a sort of series wrap on Caraval. Anything that we might need to discuss, we'll talk about it. Um, but if you want to find us on Twitter, uh, we're the uniquely portable magic podcast at UPM pod official Instagram uh, is Uniquely Portable Magic Podcast. And my favorite is our Gmail. If you want to add your two cents about the books, if you want to um, make suggestions on books, if you have questions, concerns, anything like that, <laughs> just want to say hi, you can email us at Uniquely Portable Magic Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and thanks for joining us today.